1: Hey everybody! Welcome to episode 105 of the Print on Demand Cast. I am Josiah, and with me, as always, is Travis. Gotta get that correct. The pointing. I know. You, I, know was the close, arrow so I was close. Right important. This way, this way, this way, this way. Anyway, either way, he's right there. And uh, as always, the co-host, Travis. Happy Monday.
0: Happy Monday to you too. How was your How weekend?
1: Was, you know, it was a little. It was crazy. Um, did some pickleball on saturday Mm -hmm. and um yeah always always improving so there there was one particular volley where i was i was all over that court just returning one (laughs) after the other after the other and my partner just kind of stood on the front half of the court be like you got it i'm like no i'm good and i hit it (laughs) and then the one he returned went sailing out of bounds and i was like i did all of that for you to hit it out of bounds <laughs> like i was working my tail off here yeah. um so yeah that was good and then uh, sunday had uh yesterday had a marathon day um i was on my you know, church's worship team and had three services in the morning and the for the 8 a.m service uh the pastor didn't even get to the preaching just you know worship and prayer and ministry all that stuff happening mm-hmm. you know everything kind of broke out uh so that entire service is worship and then two more services an hour break, and then a Lou wow. service that night um, that started that we got done with at 1030 because we went back up at the end for ministry time. And so mm, I was my goodness. so tired <laughs> by the end of yesterday, and it's taken me till about right now-ish uh, to feel <laughs> somewhat normal. I mean, the whole morning I was just kind of in this fog of like, what happened? I don't even remember. I, I had a click track in my dream you know what i mean like just one (laughs) two three four (laughs) like that was prevalent so uh so but overall good weekend a lot of good a lot of good times a lot of fun how about you how was your weekend i know you had a gig at black hawk is that correct
0: i yeah i actually played pickleball on friday morning with some of the same friends um and decided you know hey why not start a day really early if you're going to go really really late. So yeah, we played yep. in Blackhawk on Friday night. Didn't get home until like two thirty in the morning, Gosh. and then immediately got up and went and watched uh, Arsenal at a local bar. That's that right. I found How
1: was that? Did they win? They won. They are top of the league um, right now. Because there's yeah. an Arsenal documentary on Amazon Prime. Do you know this? There is. I okay. do know this. I am almost
0: finished with it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm all like I'm all in with Arsenal this year. Well, I mean it's only three games in, but we're you know, we've won all the How many games is
1: a season for, for 38 f- f- football for the Premier okay. League? Okay. But
0: then there's other games that are like, you know, other yeah, there's like the Champions League, the Europa League, the uh the Carabao Cup, the um uh FA Cup, you know, there's all these different yeah. like tournaments, if you will. Sure. Um, but yeah, for the Premier League, there's 38 games. Um, to determine the winner of that. And then the top four teams go to the Champions League next year, which is kind of the – it's like the tournament of tournaments in Europe. And sure. And all the best teams come. And, um, you know, it, it it really is a pretty big deal. And there's also a lot of money involved. So if you can get your team sure. in the top four of the Premier League, you get a lot more money in, invested. And Arsenal's been um, – there was like – a season for like almost twenty years that they didn't miss the Champions League. they were always top four, and then over the last four or five, six years, they've been out of the Champions League. It's been really rough, blah blah blah. um, this is not a national podcast, so I will pretty much end it there. but anyway, <laughs> it's really interesting to like watch games <clears throat> from the Premier League in the u s because the time difference, so yeah, like last Saturday, I Got to the bar at seven forty-five a.m. and and ordered a pint at seven fifty a.m. and uh, for an eight eight a.m. kickoff and it's oh and it's with all of these Arsenal fans and we all have jerseys on and we're going crazy and for years I've been an Arsenal fan and I've sat and watched it on the couch and now I found this like
1: <laughs> now you have your com- you know, community of yes, people I have my community and, equally yeah. if not more rabid in their fandom <laughs> than you are yeah.
0: So the thing is about that is that it kind of destroys your Saturday because uh, you sure. come home and you pretty much guaranteed you need to take a nap, <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least an hour or so. Um, That's funny. But no, then uh, yesterday actually, uh, so Sunday we, um, Tate Tate, my production manager is also my son. His birthday was actually on Friday, so we celebrated nice. as a family yesterday and um, had wings at the house, and then we went and played uh, miniature golf. And had a really good time. So yeah, overall awesome. weekend was was yeah was really fun. I know people didn't tune in to hear about our weekends, but
1: you know they didn't. This is our I, show. I, I still this think our there, show. I still think there needs to be a like 0. 0.5 episode where we just talk about anything else other than <laughs> on demand. Because I'm sure people, people think we're entertaining. Obviously, for those that have been with us for 105 episodes long, do do they? So, <laughs> I'm going to say yes. So then, you know maybe maybe they want our unique. Insight on things. I'll tell you one thing before I move on. Another thing that I watched this weekend that was completely mind blowing on Mm -hmm. Netflix. There's a documentary, the Untold documentary series is what it's called. Untold. They have a documentary. It's two episodes of the Monte Monte Teo thing that happened. the The linebacker for Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. who was playing, and then his girlfriend and his grandma died. But then turns out his girlfriend wasn't real. Do you remember hearing about this in the news? I do remember hearing. I don't remember yeah. so, very much about it. Yeah, he was like breakout athlete at, no, uh, at Notre Dame, and the whole story is about how he essentially got catfished to the extremest of levels by some other guy. And so, dude, I'm telling you, go oh watch it. it. He, I think, I think Monty still Manti Manti, I think his name is Manti, still plays today for like the, mm. the Saints or the some some team like that. But um, mm. he was like Heisman contender and this heroic person who was you know, playing for the memory of his grandmother and his girlfriend, except for that the girlfriend wasn't real. And it oh.
2: totally
1: destroyed his reputation. I mean, it's fascinating. And you end up like, dude, I felt so sorry for this guy. But yeah, go watch it. If you want an interesting, even if you're not a football fan, but you enjoy insane stories, this is the one for you. So go watch it. It's wow. a good time. It's it's nuts. So yeah. Speaking of good times, as always, on the Pen on Demand <laughs> cast, we have another one in store for you. So we have it very excited with Eric Taz from Shineon.com. So Travis, how did we find I think this isn't a guest that necessarily either of us knew, but kind of reached out to mm-hmm. us. So t- I mean tell people yeah. a little bit kind of a, a, a preemptive, you know, who is Eric, and then we can just go straight to the interview uh and then and then go from there. Yeah, I've, I've known about, uh, shine on for quite a while
0: and, um, they are a jewelry print on demand company, which is kind of mind blowing if you think about it. And, um, I remember when I first heard about it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, at the time and still today, I have not had any time to really like focus on that part of our print on demand business. Um, but man, I wanted to, that was the shiniest object shine on was the shiniest object, (laughs) Um, and I really wanted to jump into that because I know the margins are just nuts. I mean, you, you can get a really nice piece of piece of jewelry for, you know, 12, 15 bucks and you can sell it for 40 to $60. So, um, you know, if you're doing like a a, a Shopify print on demand store or a Shopify dropship store, store, um, you have a lot of room to play with your. Facebook ads or however you're gonna yeah. you know you can put a lot of money into advertising and still come out ahead when somebody buys if you can keep your costs um, of your your customer acquisition costs down and and I think they they actually on their site they have some stuff to talk about some of that stuff and they've you know I know I've seen Eric in other you know on other shows and other you know youtubes and podcasts talking about different things and people talking about using shine on and uh um you know, strategies to sell this yeah. jewelry. So um I think they have they have like a marketing team and they're trying to get the word out, of course. And one of their marketing people were reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, we'd love to have Eric on the show. And I said, Of course, I know who Eric is. Um, would love to have him on the show. And I'm really glad we did. It's kind of a different yeah. spin on what we've talked about on this show. It's not nec- sure. necessarily something that um, you know, we we talk a lot about, you know, selling on Etsy or selling on Amazon. Um, We do talk about selling on Shopify, but not near as much as um, probably the percentage of the market that's actually doing it and like winning with Facebook ads and all of those things. So it's really cool to have Eric on, um, you know, from a perspective of something. It's just something fresh that our audience hasn't necessarily heard before. So really excited to get to chat with him.
1: Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of unique perspectives and some some really stellar advice, you know, and tips that he kind of mm, throws yeah. out here in the course of this interview. Um, so I'm super excited for you guys to to hear it. One thing I do want to mention right off the top, um, a moment of admonishment <laughs> for me. I I okay, so I have my headphones in, and I plugged my microphone after my headphones were plugged in, but Streamyard decided to opt my microphone input on my headphones and so this audio from myself will sound radically different in the interview <laughs> process we thought about maybe going in and just kind of overdubbing and doing some really hardcore production but then i realized no one has time for that so you're just going to get no. the the old trusty apple headphone microphone uh for this <laughs> kind of a throwback to the days of yore wherever yore is <laughs> Um, But it's going to be great. Or like,
0: or like episode <laughs> 13
1: or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The, the beginning of the Pin Man cast when Travis and I shared a microphone in an open echoey <laughs> shop. That's probably what it's going to be about as far as my quality. So my apologies. <laughs> uh, please, uh, you know, thank you for your patience. But without further ado, let's go directly to the interview with Eric Taz from ShineOn.com. All right, Travis, for episode 105, we have another guest interview. I'm really excited about it. It felt like we went on a stretch there for a little bit where we didn't have as many interviews. Uh, but I love mm-hmm. interviews because you get to chat with people who are actively you know, working in the industry. And this one is going to be no different. Um, our guest yeah. this episode is Eric Taz. Uh, Eric is the CEO and founder of ShineOn.com. Uh, ShineOn Shine pioneered the print-on-demand handcrafted goods industry. It's very exciting. We've talked a lot Mm -hmm. about home decor, crafted goods, not so much, Uh, but it allows merchants to create and sell personalized jewelry, wallets, watches, and wall art. Uh, Together with its base of merchants, Shine On has generated over $150 million in revenues. Uh, They personalize and fulfill from Tampa, Florida, and Amsterdam, Netherlands. Uh, as far as Eric, he's been the co-founder of, and CEO and first employee at startup companies that have raised $27 million in venture capital, was a finalist on Shopify's Build a Business competition, which I want to ask him about. That sounds like an interesting competition <laughs> to be entered in. And when he's not working, Eric loves to travel the world, right? Hike, uh, right, sorry, hike right sorry, hike, for his website at erictaz.com and make tea. So <laughs> with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the print on demand cast, Eric Taz. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to join us.
2: Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. Thanks for the yeah. intro too.
1: Yeah, you're <laughs> welcome. Uh, very excited. So, first of all, first question: what's your favorite kind of tea?
2: <laughs> I I drink a lot of pu'er, which, if you're not familiar, yeah. pu'er is uh-huh. like. Think of your think of your a uh, fine red wine that's fermented and aged twenty years. That's okay. what uh, puera is to black tea. So, yeah, it comes hmm. in basically like a hard disc or like a brick, and uh, you have wow. to kind of break it off. But there's crazy health benefits. Um, it's also highly caffeinated and it has high amounts of theanine, so it keeps you chill.
1: Wow! Wow! Well, we're already learning things. <laughs> and you were just talking about tea, which is incredible. I had no idea. Uh, that's awesome, man. Fantastic. Yeah, I prefer yeah. other things.
0: I, I prefer other things that are brewed. Um, but, you know, we won't go into that right now. Uh, Eric, uh, super glad, um, you know, you could join us. Why don't you, Well, let's just start out by by kind of getting to know you a little bit. Tell us how you got into the print-on-demand industry in the first place.
2: Yeah, so... <clears throat> It goes back to 2014. Um, I was working at a tech startup in Cambridge, Massachusetts, called CustomMade.com, and mm. CustomMade was uh, a high-end Etsy, uh, in short. I was the first employee there at age 23, 22. Wow. And, um, yeah, over five years, you know, we went through a huge process of uh, raising venture capital. Um, you know, mm. everyone thought we we're going to be the, sort of the next Etsy dropbox was our neighbor hubspot was our neighbor we were in this really cool area wow. in uh, in cambridge and um we threw the best parties in boston as far as the text <laughs> nice. um, but the uh, the business wasn't working at scale um mm-hmm. you know it was a uh, there was no buy now button basically everything you wanted to buy you had to go back and forth with a, an artisan to commission something custom mm. so um Sort of towards the end of my time there, I was sort of saying, hey, I think we should get rid of all these artisans and we should actually ma- manufacture everything ourselves. The majority at the time was was jewelry. Um, hmm. So I start, started that process of us doing the renders, us talking to the customer one-on-one instead of the artisan talking to the customer. And now if you go to custommade.com, that, that's exactly what it is. They control the wow. entire supply chain for custom made jewelry and so it was around the same time in 2014 that teespring came out mm-hmm. uh, and that was an hour away in providence mm. and they were crushing it they went from like zero to 100 million in one year uh it's this crazy phenomenon and i was just super interested in what teespring was doing yeah. um and i really needed to understand because when i went to their site you know i thought it was just people going to teespring and buying but um, buying organically, but it's not true, you know, underneath, um, the homepage, it was all run by affiliates and and Facebook marketers. Um, and so, yeah, it was really at that point where I said, I love this model. I love working with merchants and helping other people. And I wanted to create the first print on demand jewelry company. And so, um, yeah, I did that. I, I went and raised a small seed round for shine on, I hired T-Spring's head of former head of sales and head of marketing and uh we started bringing over a bunch of these t-shirt sellers um, to sell jewelry for us. Yeah.
0: Well, wow. that's super cool. I actually just re- recently um listened to a how I built this podcast with uh the the founder of T-Spring. way! Um, oh, I... yeah, it was really 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 interesting. And they he talked about how their revenues were like crazy, just going nuts. They they were, he, the way he said it, he was like, one year they were like, um, that like their first year they were, you know, mid to high six figures. The next year they were seven figures. The next year they were eight figures. The next year they were nine figures. I mean, yeah. it was that fast. It was meteoric, just an insane amount of, uh, so yeah, that's a, a really cool story. And it's really neat that, or really awesome that you were able to connect with some of the guys over there, um, you know, to help you kind of get started with shine on As a matter of fact, as we get into it, I was, I was, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about like raising capital and and how that experience has been for you. And I, I was actually curious if you'd raised capital or if you were able to bootstrap this, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, have you ever like, have you ever like had your own Etsy account or like your own Amazon account and like just sent, you know, products, uh, or, or shipped products, on those channels or have you ever like, you know, used to Shopify and done, done that yourself and, and how many of those different, you know, products um, have you actually, you know, sold if you have.
2: Uh, no. So I, I'm not a seller. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say in total, I've maybe sold 500 items, you know, firstly. <laughs> wow. Um, it's always been about, you know, developing this sort of structure for other people to, to to leverage, you know, building mm-hmm. the service. Um, but I do enjoy the mindset of a merchant and a seller, right? Where, you know, a lot of them are lone wolf entrepreneurs and they just want to go out and crush it without any inventory. And I really, really enjoy. Um, I love our customers and I love that mindset.
0: Mm-hmm. What was That's the name awesome. of the company you worked for before? It was Custom...
2: custom, made, dot custom made, So... Yeah.
0: I'm curious um, like as you were building shine on, as you were kind of, you know, mapping out the, the um, what shine on was going to be. I'm, I'm pretty confident that you were looking at like what you wanted shine on to be five, 10, 20 years down the road as you were kind of building it from scratch or, or thinking it or, you know, business planning it. I'm wondering how much, custom made and the experience you had there kind of um informed that initial business plan or that initial you know thing that you went out to those investors and 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 used to raise that seed round um i'm, I'm like how much of that translated into shine on
2: yeah so let me see here well the vision's never changed for me in starting shine on it's always been I want to create print-on-demand jewelry, a Mm print-on-demand jewelry service. Mm -hmm. Um, And literally, you know, I've almost lost this business twice. Uh, At one point, I had to fire the entire staff, uh, let go of the entire staff because we ran out of cash. Um, But I always believed it could be something big. Um, So, yeah, I think the vision hasn't changed. I think I've learned a lot over the years, being like a green CEO at the beginning, Um, the most important, the most important part of the growth, especially early on hiring all those first employees, raising that initial seed round was just pure salesmanship. You know, Mm -hmm. for the first two years at custom made, I was calling these artisans, cold calling them and trying to get them on board of the platform, pitching this concept Mm -hmm. that this could be something, you know, this is already working for tons of people. It could, you could really crush it on here. And basically making sales over the phone, you know, for uh, annual subscriptions. So mm-hmm. that those skills have, tra- have helped me more than anything in my entrepreneurial journey. Um, just instilling confidence, instilling like a sense of I'm going to crush this. I'm never going to give up. And yeah, I think um, <laughs> there was a point early on in Shine On where, you know, we ran out of cash, had to let everyone go, including all the Teespring people. Wow. Wow. You know, I was like, holy shit, I don't know how I'm going to pull this off, but <laughs> um, I still believe in it and you know, it just kept chipping away.
1: Yeah. Oh. So, so what did that process look like as far as you know, going to that moment when you are essentially at, at a rock bottom place for you and you're trying to figure out, okay, what, how, how is this thing going to survive? What were the steps you made that allowed you to rebuild to the point you are now?
2: Well, the main reason why we were burning so much cash was a couple things. One, we didn't really understand margin. Uh, we didn't understand our, our margins well. It was all about top line revenue and just continuing mm-hmm. to hit be- benchmark top line revenue to, you know, quote unquote, get to the next round of funding.
1: Ah, um, nice.
2: <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm actually a two time VC refugee between
1: Custom Aid
2: <laughs> and China.
1: And, that's awesome. I'm never going wow. to
2: back <laughs> to that route again. Uh, it's a drug. You get all this free cash, and you're like, mm. uh, you're only just trying to impress people and grow your top line numbers. But under, you know, you could have a really shitty business underneath. And so that's what we did. We were actually um, V1 of ShineOn was uh, it was all 3D printing. So basically, wow. oh, okay. we would uh, you would submit what you wanted. Um, give us like a sketch and we would actually create a, a 3d model for you with a render and we oh, you would actually sell wow. the render. And so you would publish the render to your page. People would buy that. Uh, we gave really nice little spinning videos and stuff like that. And then um, we would export those orders and send them to a partner factory in Bangkok. And the quality was super good. Uh, wow. Same people that make you know David Yeerman's jewelry, we we're making Sh- Shannon's jewelry. Um, wow. but people were waiting three to four weeks to yeah I was gonna say scalability yeah. probably yeah. is
0: an issue at that point,
2: right? Oh yeah. So we were getting tons of chargebacks and because we mm-hmm. already paid out the, the seller, the affiliate oh yeah we were just losing so much money um you know in thousands and thousands of orders. I think we did like three or four million in that first year. And a large right. percent of those were getting charged back, not because the quality was bad, but because people didn't trust the weight. They didn't mm. trust that they're actually going to get it. So um, right when we started to turn, you know, version, you know, you know, 1.5 of the company was, we're going to control the entire supply chain and we're not going to be relying on other people producing mm-hmm. and we're going to sure. do everything sure. ourselves. So we made my CTO and I, who were the only people left, <laughs> you know, we were like, <laughs> we, we really need to do our own production. And so we restarted in a garage in 2017, mm. a thousand square foot garage in New Jersey. And we launched the first version of our Shopify app. And um, that was a very basic uh, print on demand dog tag. That was our first product. And okay. that worked right. super well that first Christmas. Mm. And uh, we st- we saw some light at the end of the tunnel there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, is it a sublimation
2: product or a laser product for the dog tag? The dog tag was a sublimation product. Uh, it was like okay. just a UV, a UV ink directly on the metal. Mm. Um, oh, okay. But there was no like caboché. There was no paper insert. So we mm-hmm. print directly on the metal, and then um, we actually would seal it with a like a glass resin. Um, oh, nice. kind of compound mm-hmm. that we we worked with the company on uh, and had to figure out. And then, yeah, we were, we still make this product here, but yeah, we, we actually bake it in ovens um, and then it it seals it watertight. It's a very nice product.
0: That's awesome. So you mentioned version one was kind of outsourcing the production version 1.5 was like controlling that supply chain. Um, Are you, do you still feel like you're in version 1.5? Is there a version 2.0 coming out or where are you now in that process?
2: No, I mean, we, you know, back then we were doing 2017, you know, we were only doing seven, 8 million a year in sales. And now we're doing uh close to 70 million a year in sales. Mm. And wow. you no, know, I think the biggest, the biggest change, um, has been just the quality of the employees that we have, the leadership team, mm-hmm. um, the C suite, if you will. And, um, The community, the sales community. So the thing is sort of growing on its own now, you know, almost pure organically. Uh, We've actually never spent money acquiring merchants. We've never paid to acquire merchants ever. Uh, All the growth has been through word of mouth. And it's kind of like a little snowball effect. You know, we have 33,000 people in our uh, Facebook group now. Mm -hmm. And I think we've just done such a good job of focusing on the quality of the product and the shipping time and the service that they're everyone's just telling their friends about us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. If you go, to, if you go to the front page of your website, it says, you know, you've sold nearly $160 million in products. I was, yep. when I, when I saw that, um, I was thinking about Teespring and I was curious as to like, what's, what the breakdown of that is like how many, you know, what's the like last 12 months, 12 months prior to that. In other words, yeah. How fast have you guys
2: been growing? So it's been a hundred million in the last two years. Okay. Uh, wow. So it was Like 63 million last year,
0: mm-hmm.
2: 39 million the year before that. So yeah, the majority nice. of that's been in the last three years, really.
0: So, um, you mentioned, obviously you said you had the seed round, uh, um, have you ever done like any more rate, any more, um, Fundraising since then? Any more VC money come in to shine on since that seed no, round?
2: I actually bought the whole company back uh, from those wow. initial investors. Nice. Um, yeah. During that, you know, we, we burned about a million bucks in the first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it a, a year after that, we actually um, used an SBA loan. And for me personally, it was a huge leap of faith. Saying, you know what, I'm gonna buy this whole company back because you know they just don't they don't believe in it at all. You know, they Mm -hmm. they wouldn't even return my phone calls at that point. And so I was like, I don't really need these guys. They're all a lot of them were really big names Mm -hmm. uh, in in New York City investment world, but I just felt like doing it all on my own, and because I was so dialed in on margin. Uh, I had to, you know, learning accounting, ensuring that doing everything possible to keep the company alive. Mm-hmm. Going through that exercise, I was actually building a really great um, business model with good margin. Mm-hmm. And so we were actually, we started to become profitable fairly quickly after we launched our, our app in 2017. So because we've been profitable, we've actually been able to um, self-finance in a com- in a combination with uh, low interest low interest, uh, loans. So yeah, okay. we've never, okay. we've never raised any outside capital since, uh, literally since day one.
0: Um, nice. it's, it's shocking to me that, you know, if, you know, you do this round of investment and like you said, the, and I love kind of just getting into the weeds with this stuff. So it's kind of, I'm kind of geeking out a little bit, but, um, it's amazing that you have all of these, like, vc firms and like people that know business really well and no one was raising the alarm bell that hey we need to stop focusing on top line revenue we need to actually look at our margins and get into that like none of these guys none of these you know heavy hitters were were saying that as they saw these you know the figures and the you know the quarterlies come through and all all of that stuff At, at what point and was it just after every all the 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 money was gone and you finally figured it out or how did that kind of play out
2: well to be honest with you i don't think uh, there's a lot of angel investors out there that they might be a good investor but they don't they've never actually run a business before so mm. a lot of them aren't able to help you know when it comes down to brass tacks um, wow. so there's that and then you know when you think about this is a seed round of funding where we had, I think, 16 investors, and mm-hmm. the, the largest checks was like, you know, maybe 350K. And then it was a lot of 100K,
0: mm-hmm.
2: 50K, yeah. 150K. So I don't think it was anything, you know, that was going to make mm-hmm. or break a lot of these funds. So yeah. um, their, their whole goal is just to invest in as many as possible, right? Gotcha. Create a portfolio. Yeah.
0: It's super interesting to me because, uh, we're kind of, I mean, honestly, we're kind of going through that whole thing right now with, I mean, just not the investment part, but just like saying, okay, we're, we're just starting to learn that whole margin thing. And like, what is, what is the true cost of goods, you know, including the labor and including the you know, materials right. and, you know, the overhead and all of that and trying to get our costing kind of figured out a lot more, um, and it's not freaking easy. It is a lot of work. Um, it, so it's just really interesting to me to hear kind of where you came from. And it sounds like you're, you know, obviously you're way further ahead um, in the game, but it, it sounds like you went through some of that, those same pain points, you know, where it's like, hey, if if we can make this much money on this product, well, if we add this product and we can make this much money, that's going to double our sales. And, you know, sales don't really matter as much as profits, as much as a lot of the gurus like to you know uh, spout off their revenue numbers. Revenue doesn't mean anything if you're not taking home anything at the end of the day. Um, but it sounds like you kind of figured that out. That's really that's kind of why I'm super excited. You know, to kind of geek out on some of those. Um, yeah, well, that's how we like our,
2: our product is. It's everyone wins with our product. Like even with the wholesale price you can still mark it up, you know, most people are marking it up 4X, hmm, 4 to 5X. Wow. So yeah. but if you're, if you have one of our jewelry products for 12 bucks, you know, most people are selling it for like 60 bucks. So yeah. they're going to win. And on that 12, you know, we make a couple bucks. Um, mm-hmm. We have a, just sort of a standard, standardized margin. Uh, yeah. That's not too crazy. And, you know, jewelry is a, it's a, it's a high margin product. A lot of buyers, they don't really understand what something is worth. There's a lot of pri- There's more price elasticity than a t-shirt where no one's sure, going to pay more sure. than 25 bucks for a t-shirt. Sure. Uh, right. So, but for an 18 karat gold plated piece pendant necklace, you know, it's hard to define what, what the value is on that. Some people would say sure. it's 60 bucks. Sure. Some people would say it's 200 bucks. So, um, you as the merchant can sort of get that figured out on your own. What people are willing to pay for it?
1: Yeah, right. Awesome. So tell us a little bit now in the version of the company that you have. What is what is a day in the life of Eric from Shine On? What what's your day to day look like right now?
2: Uh, you know, I'm pretty. I'm pretty much working a nine to five. Your your typical mm-hmm. job. Luckily, you know, I have an amazing uh, leadership team. Um, you know, I used to do literally everything in the company, but you know, now I've put really great people in charge of most of it. So, um, my, my goal is as a CEO is really at three things. In my opinion, it's, uh, set the vision, uh, ensure that there's enough money in the bank to, uh, execute and to recruit the right talent to execute. And that's pretty much it. So my, uh, my direct reports, you know, I only have four or five direct reports. Um, hmm. so, but yeah, my morning, as far as a wake up routine goes, you know, I have an hour, uh, an hour routine where I will, uh, let's see, what do I do? I'll drink uh, some electrolyte water. Um, I will go put some tea on, make puer tea. I'll do some mm-hmm. breathing exercises. Um, Maybe a little meditation, maybe a little jog, right. then come in, drink the tea and take a cold shower and then, yeah, I'm ready to go.
0: Hmm. Nice. nice. I mean, once you so, get to the, uh, once you get to the office, what happens then? Is it just like crazy things, happen, you know, coming from every direction or is it, is it kind of just depends on the day or um, like, what are you, what are you spending your,
2: your business hours doing? Well, of course, I have my, my schedule with beatings. Um, yeah. But I'm always working on mostly working on the future, you know, whatever that okay, is. Okay, cool. I'll actually, you know, look into a lot of the new stuff personally that we're doing. I might, um, yeah, it's, mo- it's mostly thinking a year, two, three years ahead, working on those sort of projects while my hmm. president, Michael, Michael Crest, who runs Coffee with Michael, is also the president of the company. So he'll run all the current day-to-day, ensure that the company's hitting its KPIs um, that we're we're tracking for our goals. And so yeah, they actually are an amazing team because they give me a lot of freedom to do a lot of thinking and a lot of planning. So um
1: nice. yeah,
2: a lot of that too is just making deals, you know, sure. raising money and making deals um, partnerships. Yeah. We're helping recruit sellers speaking, you know, every time I speak, we'll pull in a bunch of, of new great sellers. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why so I'm here. Awesome. You
1: know, <laughs> Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So as you're looking, you know, thinking you're, you know, two, three years in, in, in the future and kind of planning that stuff out for shine on, what do you think is the biggest opportunity that's, that's happening right now or in the horizon for print on, the print on demand space?
2: Yeah, I'd say our, our biggest focus in the next six months is really uh, European merchants. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody's really do, you know, selling the product that we have in Europe right now. And mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of growth in cash on delivery in countries like Poland and Romania and yeah. Portugal. Um, so we're actually doing quite a bit of tech work integrating with uh, cash on delivery uh, APIs. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we're really, really bullish on that. And then, um, you know, I'd say maybe next year go in Australia, maybe in a couple of years go into Brazil. Um, so I'm nice. doing, I'm doing work on those places as well. I'm um, really excited about Brazil. I think it's really hard to get into if you're not Brazilian, uh, they put, so many barriers to entry up it's crazy mm-hmm. um but for my my friends in the industry a lot of them are getting two dollar cpas
1: uh, wow <laughs> yeah oh my gosh <laughs> that's, that's awesome <laughs> so you
0: yeah that's amazing you can make a even lot of, of money, money.
2: yeah With even anything pretty much yeah, yeah and exactly. they're crazy heavy social media users in brazil
0: hmm. that's good that's really wow. cool so um like kind of backing up and looking at the print on demand industry as a whole. um, Do you have any like uh, generic tips for um, some of our listeners? Is there, you know, maybe even just getting started or, or trying to grow their, you know, their, their business even further, um, you know, as it comes to kind of the whole print on demand industry, what are some of your, what are some of your tips for them?
2: Yeah. I would say if you're thinking about like what niche do you want to do, I would make a family gift store. Um, hmm. And I say focus on family because a couple of reasons. One, 95% of people have at least one family member. So your addressable mm-hmm. audience is yeah. pretty much everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then two, with gifting, you know, people will usually pay a premium for a gift. Um, because if you come, if they see you're at the right time, you're actually solving a need. Um, uh, mm-hmm. for them right. instead of right. just saying, you know, this is cool, I want this for myself, right? Uh, so there's that, and then within family, there's like you know, there's like there's a hundred sub niches, yeah, like mom to mom right. to right. husband, husband to wife, mom to daughter, dad to son, grandparents to grandkids, that's a huge one, <laughs> yeah, step, um, stepsisters is a huge one. Uh, at least for jewelry. Yeah. So yeah, family gift store for sure.
1: Nice. That's super cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. So as as we, you know, I think we all know in, in most industries, you know, especially put on demand, calendar year is pretty much, you know, December to December. Q4 is the highest, <laughs> or no, I shouldn't say December, just Q4 in general, you know, is the highest, most busiest time of, of the year. So as we approach those biggest selling months, it's just around the corner. And what tips do you have for our listeners to maximize profits during this time? You did say people will pay a premium for a gift, which is something that we've talked about on on this show as far as like adjust your price for Q4 because people are willing to pay a little more for a gift, especially if it's last Mm -hmm. minute and you have it there and they want to get it and send it. But in your estimation and your advice, what are some tips on maximizing profits during the most busiest shopping time of the year?
2: Yeah, one. One, I would say, um, be very, very bullish on your upsells, uh, and mm-hmm. don't be afraid to load, you know, load them in. If you go to like one eight hundred flowers website mm-hmm. and you go through their <laughs> their order process, say, you're gonna <laughs> or like any airline uh, checking out for yep. any uh, flight, you're gonna say these people have no shame. You know, these are the worst <laughs> yeah. no in America.
1: And they're throwing like
2: 50 upsells at you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But so you can't be afraid to do that in your own store. I think where a lot of maybe print on demand uh, merchants kind of fail is they're just maybe not sure what to to add as an upsell. And Mm -hmm. so um, what we're trying to do at shine on is try to is try to help. So we have our, like we have two major upsells. One is upgraded gold. So almost 30% of people take the gold upsell for, $10. Okay. And then we have a wow. mahogany wood box that's uh, plus $20. Uh, it's like a real wood, really nice mahogany box. Uh, that converts at 40%. Um, so between the, wow. t- you know, between the two of them, it's at least 50% of the time you're going to be getting uh, uh, an Some type of, of an upsell. Box. Yeah. And then we, have, we also have purchase protection um, uh, in the cart, uh that's like if any it's basically what route does we built our own route um to Mm self-insure the shipment okay
1: um
2: and then yeah we're going to be introducing all uh like gift wrapping uh gift wrapping converts i think in past testing like 30 percent uh definitely try to do gift wrapping if you don't actually want to wrap it yourself you can go buy like pre-built gift bag sets really cheap uh it's just the customer knows it you know they just have to drop it in the bag and yeah, and that's mm, it. Yeah, so yeah, there's that, and then I would say, um, uh, leading into Q four, like if you're not familiar with third party attribution tools for Facebook, like you need to start learning now. So mm. the one we actually recommend the most is uh, our friends over at Triple Whale. Um, Triple Whale, we you know we've tried everything. We tried Hyros, Wicked Reports, um, Magic X. Um, everything and we still feel like triple wells is, is the best for tracking
0: hmm. okay wow um yeah i was as you were talking about the upsells i was just remember, I we don't print any paper and so i was getting some business cards at vista print and uh-huh. they are just as shameless i mean i <laughs> so many upsells you, you put yeah. it in your car and you're like okay can i check out now can i please just check out now yeah sure. but you it, get this you on know, a mug on a
1: mouse pad I, on a yeah uh, exactly a, yeah
0: a jacket uh, that's a that's a that's a gr- that's a great tip for for some of our um shopify sellers for sure um i have so many more questions i could literally talk to you for the next hour but um in the interest of a uh, your time and the time of our listeners, <laughs> I'm going to ask you one more question and then we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll jump into the magic questions that we ask every, every, oh, cool. uh, guest on the show. So I'm just curious, this is kind of a fun question. I'm just curious, what's the coolest product, um, or, you know, phrase or whatever the coolest like campaign maybe that you've ever seen come across your desk at shine on. And you were just like, that's, that's baller. That's going to sell or,
2: or that's hilarious or whatever it was. What was it? Oh, I mean, we, we get a lot of like pseudo sexual designs, <laughs> um, especially for the like boyfriend and girlfriend niche.
1: Yeah.
2: So yeah. One that really took off a couple years ago was it was basically uh, like a male deer. Like this was on a like a, a message card, right? Which is, mm-hmm. uh, this is our core product. It's basically a Hallmark card in a jewelry box with a necklace inside of it. And on the card what were two deer, there's like a male deer, and it was mounting this female deer, and it said like something like I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of racks in my life, but <laughs> like, yours is the finest, you know, I've ever I've ever seen yeah. it or something. <laughs> and the thing was just selling like crazy to the hunting community.
1: No, that's yeah, so- that is so funny. <laughs> that's great. Well, all right. So we're going to the magic questions, but we do have another segment that we should do first, Travis, that we... Oh, you're right. At the you're top right. ...top of the show. And that's uh, everyone's favorite segment, the Weekly Dad Joke. Time for the Weekly
0: Dad Joke.
1: All right. So, as always, we ask our, we ask our guests uh, on the spot, before recording, not like right now. Eric knew this was coming, but he did before <laughs> he got on the, on the show, uh, to bring their uh, dad joke to the table as well. So, Eric... You're the guest, sir. Take it away. Uh, Dad joke of the day is uh,
2: I'm leaving my job at the chemical factory. It's a toxic workplace.
1: Nice. 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 I like (laughs) it. Very good. Very good. All right. And the one from the print on demand cast folks here is I was once attacked by a whole bunch of mimes. And they did unspeakable things to me. (laughs) all right the dad jokes i like that one that's a good one. that's funny i do like that one so Hmm. okay so now we're going to to transition to the magic questions which again is a series of questions that we ask everybody here uh that's a guest on the show and just like every other segment we have eric there is a unnecessary and cheesy bumper to go along with it so to the magic questions I am always amazed that we've not it's gotten, so we've not gotten con- <laughs> content or copyright struck <laughs> for, for that particular <laughs> <laughs> bumper. It's incredible, but uh, Hey, it works. All right. So Travis, why don't you go with the first, uh, the first one.
0: All right. So um, you kind of already alluded to one of these things. Um, Cause I was going to ask you that we have kind of two questions that are basically similar, just, you know, totally opposite. So I was going to ask you, tell us about a time when something happened in your business that felt like a failure, but it seems like you kind of already shared that with, you know, having to fire everybody. I can't imagine a worse failure than that (laughs) or at least what would feel like a failure. So let's flip that on its head. And so tell us about a time when something happened in your business that felt like an awesome win uh, for you and shine on.
2: Yeah, I would say for me, biggest win has just been hiring our top customers Uh, as employees. So like our last two, our last two top merchants from, from 2020 and 2019, those people are now uh, our CMO who then became our president. (laughs) And then the other one is our head of coaching and coaching content and, and internal brands. So yeah, I (laughs) I love the strategy. If you're running anything like uh, related to affiliate marketing, uh, or merchant services, like, or really anything. Hire your best customers because they're gonna they're going to be the uh, you know the most fanatical about about your service. They're going to be able to pitch it probably better than you can to other people. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also high trust factor. So yeah, that for me has been my my biggest my best strategy.
0: Did you That's come up awesome. with that on your own, or did somebody say, "Hey"? this is a good idea. Or did you like read that in a book or something? Cause that's genius, man. That's really smart.
2: Well, you know, I think I was just getting a little burned out of doing all the the sales and pitching myself. So I was just saying, I really need help with this. And so, um, you know, when you talk to your customers, like every week, your top ones, uh, with Michael, I was kind of like, Hey man, I know you're crushing it, doing your own thing, but can we figure out a deal where, you actually uh, can make the same or more here and uh, we'll have less stress and do, have more fun in the process. So yeah, right. it's just about kind of figuring out what's important to them and, and making a deal. Yeah. That's,
0: That's cool. So deal. you already had a relationship with him, and it kind of over time, as you kept talking to him, you're like, this guy's smart. I would love to have him on the team.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm also seeing how he's posting in the Facebook group and in the community, like sharing mm-hmm experience sharing and so mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah we've done that now we've probably hired at least five or six um, sellers well wow, wow. That's, yeah.
1: that's awesome super, super brilliant yeah um, so
0: so listeners if if you want a job at shine on just <laughs> sell a shit ton of jewelry and post a lot in the Facebook group
1: pretty yeah. much pretty pretty <laughs> much <Yeah. Not> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, tell us, you know, throughout your career, as you've been you know, transitioning and growing uh, your, your business, how important have mentoring relationships been to you? Like, do you have anyone that has really mentored you or kind of someone you go to that is your Miyagi or, you know, that you, you can go to for advice, kind of helps you navigate stuff? Um, do you have those kinds of relationships, and how important have those relationships been? in your journey? Uh,
2: yeah. So I've, ha- I've hired various coaches over the years. I've probably hired four or five different business coaches, okay. um, business slash life coaches. Right. Because, you know, at least half the stuff we deal with in our business is uh is a lot of, you know, the emotional side of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I was, there's no way I would be able to, have a seventy million dollar company if I didn't have some sort of influence early on, and so the gentleman that was my first boss at Custom Made, um, he actually went to uh, five years ago to start ButcherBox.com, which is oh, now okay. it's a billion dollar company.
1: Yeah, wow. and um,
2: he's still my mentor. You know, I still call him a couple times a month at least, and um, yeah, he's always. He's he's been kind of the model for me to follow. So if I can help other people, um, if I can be that for other people, I want to I want to try and help. You know, yeah. Because I, for reasons unknown, just the universe, I was just in the right place at the right time, and I met Mike, and he changed my life. And so hmm. not everyone's going to be in, you know, living next to Harvard and MIT. <laughs> sure. So it's like, you know if we can inspire others through, through this, through this way, that's good.
1: That's awesome. Nice. All right, Travis, take the last one.
0: All right. Um, our listeners know what this one's going to be. So put your, <laughs> you know, your turban on and look peer into your crystal ball and then tell us what do you think the future of, like global print-on-demand is? Where do you see it going in the next 5, 10, 20 years? Print-on-demand is a global industry.
2: Well, the space is super hot right now. Um, Mm -hmm. E-commerce 360 just did a report on this. So Mm -hmm. it's not even my feeling. It's like the data. Um, Mm -hmm. But they're estimating that in the next five years, it's going to grow annually at a compound, Mm -hmm. annual growth rate of 36%. The industry as a whole. Wow. Um, wow! You can also find huge investments in Printful and Gelato mm-hmm. in the last year. Yep. Gelato was like two hundred. Reported on that
0: too. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. We've actually, yeah, we've we've shared some of those numbers on on the show. It's just absolutely insane how much money is being poured into the space right now.
2: Yeah, it's a great it's a great space. I mean, it really follows on the heels of Shopify, right? So. Hmm. Um, as long as Shopify continues to grow, we're, we're we have the same a similar customer. It's mostly a drop shipper, mm-hmm. um, print on demand, is just a segment of drop shipping. And if now they literally just changed this in the Shopify onboarding flow like a couple weeks ago. But when you start a new account, they'll say, "Are you going to be doing drop shipping?" And if you mm-hmm. select yes, they actually show you all the drop shipping slash print on demand apps. <laughs> so wow. they're very bullish on it. Shopify yeah. is. Um so that's a good sign. So yeah, I think um still very young. Maybe not in the US, but I think globally the concept is still uh has a ton of opportunity.
1: Hm. That's, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. It's exciting for sure. I do feel like there's so much on the horizon just in general as things continue to to evolve and technologies improve and who knows what is going to be possible in, you know, the next 5 years even. So uh, but Eric, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us. Um, super great conversation. I mean, again, just so many good nuggets in there pieces of advice. Um, so before we let you go, uh, tell people who are listening if they want to find out more about Shine On, if they want to follow you, you know, plug all of your social media handles, your websites, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then uh, we will uh, we'll we'll let you go.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, Of course, the website is shineon.com. I'm Eric Taz, Eric with a C, T-O-Z. I mostly interface through uh, Instagram direct message. So Mm -hmm. if you have any questions, you want to get in touch, just give me a follow on Instagram at eric.taz and um, I'll try to set you up with our team. Yeah.
1: Sweet. Well, there you awesome. have it, folks. As always, uh, dear listeners, we will put all the links in the show notes for you so that you can just have it a click away or a tap away and you're not furiously trying to type something while you're driving, which you shouldn't be clicking on anything while you're driving either. So that's a moot point. But Eric, thanks again for coming on, man. I look forward to uh, seeing how Shine On continues to grow and uh, love to have you back on and you know, follow up with you in, in a year and see... What else you're doing? What else you got your hands in? And uh, you know, maybe there's another company that's that's sprouted at, by that time. But uh, <laughs> be super excited to catch up with you, and uh, thank you so much yeah. for for taking the time.
2: Yeah, you guys are great. Thank you so much. See you yeah. out there.
1: Thank you again to Eric for coming on to the show for taking time out of his schedule to to share some insight. Again, I mean, I I, I really the whole bit about like hire your best customers to do yeah. to work for Genius. you. That Love was it genius um so so yeah if there's any top you know fans of the print on demand cast that wants to do some post-production work and maybe you know uh we'll pay you in in respect and high fives (laughs) that's about it uh no so just a a genius idea travis what was what was one of the biggest takeaways for you on this particular interview well you just stole it man but no (laughs) (laughs) i i i love
0: um i love hearing you know i i've shared on the podcast before. I love listening to Guy Raz and, you know, his podcast, he's got wisdom from the top. He's got, um, Oh, the other one that I I actually just mentioned in the podcast, uh, how I built This. this. And he just, you know, he, he interviews, you know, top business leaders and people who have started things. And so I really enjoy that. So talking about the ins and outs of some of his, uh, you know, VC money and the seed rounds and, um, you know uh angel investors and all all of that stuff is very interesting to me um yeah we didn't really get into it too too much but i i i really was um i was intrigued to kind of learn more about you know uh you know how how that whole thing works but even beyond that and then and then it was shocking to me um uh, how none of those people who had put in you know hundreds of thousands of dollars were like really concerned yep. about the freaking margins you know it's like what <laughs> the hell you know you guys yeah. are business people um but i think eric hit it on the head when he was like well they may not be business people they may just yeah have they a lot just want the to build invest. yeah,
1: they're investors yeah. yeah yeah so
0: that was that was very interesting to me because um because like I, I mentioned in the podcast we're kind of we're still on that track to like go oh, all right top line revenue is cool but bottom line revenue is the cool or bottom line profit is the coolest yeah, is the coolest That's the best. <laughs> so how do we make that number go up? And it's a whole different way than making the top line revenue number go up. It's a totally different yeah. process and a lot more work, frankly. So that, that was really interesting to me. And, and like I mentioned, I could have talked to him for, you know, another hour, at least just asking him question after question after question
1: yeah yeah it was great and you know again like i said I look forward to maybe catching up with him you know in a year or so see where things are at see what cookie jars his hands are in now i feel like um he's the kind of guy that always is oh like you said he's always thinking three years in the future that's like kind of his mm-hmm. job i think i also thought yeah. it was interesting because he spoke a lot not maybe not directly even but in an indirect very indirect way he he really talked and spoke to the the importance of of empowering people to do jobs in your business so that you can work on it instead of in it. You know, he mentioned yep. a lot of times his leadership team, hiring the right mm-hmm. people, getting the right talent. You know, the president takes care of the day to day and they free his time to do you know, other things. So I think, I mean, we've talked a lot about that through the course of this show about. Wanting to get to that point where you're not always having to be in the day to day, but you're allowed to work on it from the almost from an outside in perspective and kind of grow it that way. So that's another really cool thing, whether he, like I said, didn't really just come out right out and say it, but it's a, it's an important aspect. I think that's lent or that is yeah lent itself to the success of, of shine com. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. It's really, really exciting to see where he's taken mm-hmm. that thing. Cause it is, it's a unique, um, it's a unique product. It's not yeah. something that, you know, print on demand um, has seen really, but it goes to show where the future of print on demand is going. Um, I mean, if he can start this in what he say, 2017, um, yeah. you know, what's the future? Well, it's pretty much anything you can think of at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, it, it was, it was really cool. Um, getting to actually talk to him and, and hearing kind of the story and the ins and outs of, What's going on. And I'll just say, guys, if um, I do know that there are people that are selling this stuff on Amazon, on Etsy, all these things, and you could probably go and look for jewelry and and you'll see kind of their, their, some of their mockups, which include that uh, title card that he was talking about, or I I don't know if he called it a title card, but it's basically it's basically a box with a cool card that's printed, that's customizable, right. that you can put anything you want on, and then there's the piece of jewelry that goes along with it. And so it it's very interesting because they, the gift isn't so much the jewelry. I mean, well, the the gift is the jewelry, but the customizable part or the part that like really pulls on the heartstrings is really that title card, which is right. a piece of paper. <laughs> I mean, it's yep. not, it's not rocket science, you know, but, um, it really works. A lot of people are making a lot of money with, uh, these shine on products. And so, uh, I wouldn't, I would encourage you if you do have a Shopify site to check that out. Um, there are some, there's probably some other ways that you can get some of that stuff, you know, created, uh, you know, even manually, if you do want to tr- you know, try to sell it on Amazon and yeah. uh, there, there's some integrations. I know GearBubble has some integrations with some of the shine on stuff. Um, there's probably others, but uh, yeah. And if you do have any questions about how to utilize shine on, please go to the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash print on demand cast. Um, and if nobody in the, in the audience has, you know, an actual answer for your question, I'm happy to send it to Eric uh, and see what he thinks or, you know, and he can maybe answer some of those the harder questions um but yeah it's a great great product and uh there's a ton of great opportunity yeah um, like he was mentioning towards the end there um for our listeners to have really really strong margins for a really beautiful product you know yep
1: yep 100 so you know this might be one you want to go back and listen to twice just to make sure you're getting all the nuggets that, that are in here um lots of like again lots of great advice and thanks again to eric to coming on to the show so and thank you guys as always for listening as you have this entire time if you're new to the show thank you for for the download thank you for pressing play thank you for pressing the follow button or subscribe button or whatever you did to get this in your podcast feed thank you so much for doing so we encourage you we've got so much in the archives So much in the archives. I mean, so (laughs) many many things. So avail yourself of that as well. And if you're new to the show and you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, Travis just talked about it. Print on a mancast.com slash Facebook. Even if you aren't new to the show and you haven't yet already subscribed or joined the Facebook group, do so. That's where you can join the conversation, join the community join the fun, post a dad joke, ask questions. A lot of our guests that have been on the show are a member of our Facebook group. So you can just Mm -hmm. tag them in a question and then they can reach out to you or we can pass on the information if they're not in the group for whatever reason. Uh, But that is the best way to interact with us directly. If you don't like Facebook, we understand. You can email us as well at info at printondemandcast.com and send us your dad jokes or your questions for whatever guest or for ourselves. If you have a topic, something, a point of interest, send us a point of interest, something you think is interesting that you're seeing in the news yeah. or on the horizon, print on demand, you know, on the print on demand industry wise, um, please send us uh, that as well. And wherever you listen to podcasts, the PODcast cast is there for you. So Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Anchor, we're everywhere. So we, wherever excuse me whatever your favorite platform is we are there for you and if you're listening on itunes feel free to leave us a review let us know what you're loving about the show let us know your favorite dad joke submitted dad joke whatever you put in that little box let us know we'll shout you out on the show uh and because we definitely appreciate you helping the algorithm and helping us get in front of those that need this information as well so with that being said travis anything else before we wrap this one up
0: I don't think so. I just think, you know, like I said at the beginning, go Arsenal. We're top of the league. Uh, I think that's about it. All right. Go
1: (laughs) Arsenal, and we'll see you next week right here on the Print On Demand cast.
0: See ya.